are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Our scripture is Matthew 10. But in order to get to Matthew 10, I'm going to back you up by way of a long introduction to Matthew 9, the latter part of the verses. I brought, I have two globes like this, one in the ready room that's about two and a half to three feet tall that's in a stand. This one that is in my office, I have a study and I have an office. As I look in my study outside to the office, I see this throughout the day. Sometimes, as I did this week, I just bring it to my desk and examine the countries of the world. God has commissioned you and I with the task of reaching this world with the gospel message of Christ. It is our duty. It is our responsibility. And I pray that as a church, we'll never lose sight. There's a world that's lost tonight. There's a world that needs to be saved. I have, through these 211 days, read the emails that come in. They hard copy them for me. Mrs. Poussin, after, after Brother Poussin's finished with the letters and emails, they bundle them up. I get always once a week, sometimes twice a week, a stack of them. Missionaries, if you're watching in other countries of the world, now some of you are home, you're trying to get back in your country. I read some of those letters this week. I read your letters and my heart is broken for you. You know, we think we have it so difficult in the United States with the regulations that have been made upon us. But I want you to know that it's much more difficult in the other countries of the world. Some have not been able to basically leave their area. Large cities, large areas. One country I read of this week is going down for their second shutdown. I may share that with you. And it is a major shutdown now. And uh, this coronavirus has changed the world. I wonder how many in the last 210 days, 211 days, I wonder how many could have been saved, would have been saved, but the message never got to them. I would guesstimate, knowing how many we have saved weekly in our church services, notice, uh, knowing how many we have during the week that are saved, knowing that we're just one church in California of many, one church of many in the United States and around the globe, I would imagine at least a million or two million people, the best I can figure, are probably without Christ because of this thing called COVID. There's still a responsibility for us to do. Tonight I want to, I want to try to bear my heart to you regarding these 45 years of worldwide missions. Brother Kerry, who spoke to our children's church this morning, and Mrs. Treber would remember there was just three of us on staff. He came October the 1st, 1976, as a single man. He drove his Datsun. Datsun, I think, later became Toyota or Nissan. I don't know which one they are. But he drove that little Datsun station wagon from Illinois to California. He lived with us for a few weeks. Then got a place before he was married. I remember Brother Kerry and I, we, my wife would type the bulletin and type the missions conference booklet we'd put together. 
I imagine we still have some of those from 45 years ago. And we ran it on an old hand Gestetner uh, copier. We had the mimeograph and we had the carbon paper. We had our first missions conference. And I tell you, it spoke to my heart so powerfully that I wanted to have a missions conference every year. We have three conferences. We have a pastors and workers conference. And for our pastors and lit workers that are listening, we will have that the first full week after uh, in, in March. I think it's around the 7th or 8th of March this year coming up. We have youth conference. This year it was virtual, but next year it will be in person. We have missions conference that should have begun today. Right now, this morning and tonight, Joe Arthur would have been preaching. We'd have had a half a dozen or more missionaries and their families here. It would have been an exciting time. We'll have a missions conference again. But I want you to know that tonight, though, it was supposed to be missions conference. I want to do my best to keep it before us this evening. I don't want the day to go by without acknowledging worldwide missions. I want to thank the church. I ask you to do two things, and now we're expanding to the college and the bricks and all those. But in these 211 days predominantly, I ask you to do two things, general and missions. General is caring for everything predominantly. It's caring for the college. It's caring for the schools. It's caring for publications. It's caring for the radio. It's caring for so much. It's caring for the insurance. It's caring for the mortgage. But because of God's people, we're averaging $9,000 a week the last 33 weeks above the general fund. And to God be the glory. And it's kept us alive because God's people have buried their treasure here. We could have quit. You could have stopped. You could say, well, it's too, too terrible here. But the giving has never been stronger in the ministry. Thank God for you. Our worldwide missions is up 10% a week over the budget. We're reaching the budget and beyond the budget, able to do the things that God's called us to do, and thank God for that. Tonight, I want to thank God for all that he's done for us. As I think of missions, and we get to the scripture in a moment, we are coming to the close in 10 weeks of 2020. The awful year, the terrible year of COVID. But may I remind you in the quote, awful, terrible year, in 10 weeks, we will have completed our 400th church established, paid a pastor's salary for one year, 400 churches in the Philippines. I know many of those are out in the villages and out through the, the brush and the jungle, we might want to call it. But I want you to know these 400 churches, all but one of the pastors, and he passed away, all but one, 399 pastors are still pastoring the same church. I want to thank Brother Poussin for the project. I want to thank Brother Morgan, who'll be going back in January, February to video it so you can see it. 400 churches, if they all averaged 100, some do more than that. Few might do less. But 400 churches with 100 people a week is 40 
thousand people a week in church. It's over two million people a year going to church. Thank God for the North Valley Baptist Church in the quote, awful year of COVID, 400 churches established over the last several years. Next year is a year of preparation as we get ready to establish 200, pay a pastor's salary, pay a, build a building as we did in the Philippines for Mexico, and we're working with our missionary there. In addition, we built a large thousands and thousands of seats. I don't know how big it was, but many thousands. I preached there an auditorium for our missionary, Rick Martin. I'm guessing that the average eight, nine, 10,000 people a week, I'm not sure of the number, but I know it's a huge ministry, and you built that building to God be the glory. In addition, you have supported all through COVID and you met the need of missionaries, and you gave them birthday money, and you gave them anniversary money, and you gave them support money, and when they asked for more, the church was able to send it to 145 missionaries every single month. That's nothing to sneeze at. I wanna thank God for that. 20 of our young people from the college have now been approved and are on the mission field serving God, are finishing deputation, to God be the glory, and they're doing a great job. A missionary society said they stand out as the greatest missionaries during missionary candidate school. That's because there is a place called North Valley Baptist Church, and I thank God for you, I thank God for the college. By way of saying all that, I bring you to the familiar text in introduction. In chapter number nine, in verse 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes, by way of introduction, that's the crowd. Jesus saw the crowd. I don't want our church to ever lose sight of the crowd. People who need the Lord. We sing people need the Lord every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes. Lonely people filled with despair and hate, headed who knows where. On they go through private pain, living fear to fear. But I want you to know, people need the Lord. There are 7.8 billion people on the planet. Miss Treber, I came here, was a little over four billion people. We are soon in two years to pass eight billion people of population in the world. And the vast majority, we're told, only 2%, 2% of the world has ever heard the message of Jesus Christ. That means 95%, 98% of the world still has not received Christ. We have a responsibility. Our Lord Jesus was in his public ministry. He has just finished chapter five, six, and seven, the Sermon on the Mount. And now he tells people that he goes to the cities and he goes to the villages and he goes to the synagogue and he's preaching and he's healing and he's teaching and everywhere he's going, he's looking at people. He saw the multitude. I want us to begin to see the multitude like never before. Dost thou not care that millions are dying, dying in sin and despair, waiting for someone to tell them of Jesus. Yes, waiting everywhere. You know the mark of this church, we have always had young people surrendering for full-time service. I'm getting concerned. Though we have about 60 kids in Bible college and to God be the glory, 
I'm concerned that we turn to Apple and to Twitter and to Facebook and to all Google and these corporations, and that is priority. Nothing wrong if you work there. Thank God you either support a pastor or you be a pastor. You either serve God full-time or you help those that are serving full-time. And this church does that. But young people, give God first crack at your life. Don't take your life and say, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. Take my life and let it be. Consecrate it, Lord, to thee. There's nothing, mother and dad, you're so focused nowadays on education with your kids. There's nothing wrong with serving God. I know your kids will never be rich if they go to the ministry, but they're gonna be laying up treasure in heaven. Can you imagine what it is to raise a son Hard daughter that's gonna serve God. I've had it on my mind all week, this week. I'm so very grateful that God's given us three boys, two sons-in-laws and one son. Our son preached twice this morning, preaches tonight in Arizona in his church. Our son-in-law preaches this morning, tonight in Newport Beach, God bless him. Our son-in-law preached to adults this morning, taught the word of God as the principal of a Christian school. I tell you what, any mother and father would be thankful to have children that said, Lord, here am I, send me. I'm so thankful that God blessed us with children. They'll never be rich, and I don't believe we'll ever be able to make them rich. But I tell you what, I'm, my wife and I are such rich people tonight to have our kids that we, every grandkid that can read, reads their Bible every morning and prays and seeks God's face and they pass tracts and they visit people. I tell you what, I thank God they're all in Christian school or in Bible college tonight. I want you to know that it's nothing wrong with letting your kids serve God. Jesus saw the crowd. There's a great crowd. People do need the Lord. As we look at the crowds of eight billion people, nearly 7.8 billion, look at the condition of their heart, look at them. I see not only the crowd, I see by way of introduction, verse 36, the compassion. When we saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. I don't know what we're gonna do in January when Lord willing this school next door opens up, but it's broken my heart to see it empty since 211 days ago. No little boys, no little girls. I want our church to figure out what we can do and you pastoral men or ladies will help me know what to do, a, a, a welcome home gift bag to every one of them, something very special when they come back to school because that is our burden right next door. Brother Cooper has a ministry with Brother Everson. They've worked on it. Brother Cooper is gonna take Bible college students. We've assigned them prayer meetings where they'll go at off school hours in the schools around here and pray and contact that principal if you have any prayer requests. We will pray for your public school. We're going to the City Hall and praying for City Hall, a weekly ministry at City Hall. We're going to the police station and fire station to pray there. Our, our responsibility in this city, our responsibility is the crowd here. Our responsibility is the world. And when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. I want you to know your heart must be moved by people. 
I was so thrilled that five jails called us last week, said we need those Bibles, and we sent Bibles into the jails. Thank God there's multitudes that still are hungry for the word of God. And tonight he saw the crowd, and we see the crowd. We see the compassion. We see the condition in verse 36. And they fainted. They fainted and were scattered abroad. That speaks of our world today. Faith means they were very feeble, very weak. We live in a weak world. The nations of the world are starving. More children will go to bed tonight hungry than those that will go to bed with food in their little bellies. Doesn't that bother you? Oh, the crowd, they're everywhere. Oh, the compassion. How can we look at people and see the condition without wanting to do something? And then I see the condition. They fainted. We have a fainting world. I read a statistic this week how that, and I know our health people do not like to hear this through COVID, how that divorce is up to highest numbers before that ever any other time, how suicide is up, how drug activity is up, alcohol is up, because our nation was not built to stay at home, to be educated at home, to sit at home, to never be able to go out and fellowship. And then a governor can say, okay, if you get together at Thanksgiving, three families for two hours, you sanitize the restroom after anybody goes in there and you cannot sing and you can only be there for two hours. That is not America, ladies and gentlemen. No authority ought to tell you you can't be with your family. Everybody needs your family. I see the condition. I'm so thankful that school has been opened up. Those little children's faces and their little faces, are, their little hearts are so excited about being back in school. A pastor asked me from the Midwest this week, do you think the college will open back up in January? The college is open now. Dorms are open. Classes are open. We're ready to go. We are going. There'll be kids in chapel tomorrow, but in January, come on back. The place will be alive and ready to go. I find that this nation and this world condition, they're, they're fainting, they're scattered, they're confused. By way of introduction, I keep saying introduction because I get to my message, but don't worry, the message is shorter than the introduction. Verse 37, the comprehension. And he saith unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Don't we comprehend that? Brother Bertram, you're so vitally important in that college to get these boys ready and these girls ready to go to churches in Iran, America and go to mission fields around the globe and get the gospel passing tracks wherever you go, getting people come to know Christ as their savior. That Don't we comprehend there's a great opportunity. There's a great harvest, but there's very few labors. I recall when our church was young, she's home with the Lord now, but a lady came and said, Pastor, our church is not very spiritual. She was at much older than I, and I said, talk to me about it. And she said, our church, we, 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 we don't have enough drivers. You're always griping and complaining. You need drivers for the buses. We need more Sunday school teachers. We need more ushers. We need more this. We need more that. She goes, our church is not right. And I said, let me ask you to consider this. 
The problem is our church is a biblical church. The opportunity is so great, but there's not enough labors to get the job done. John said it this way in John chapter four, look on the fields, they are white, already to harvest. White means it's almost too late. The harvest should be golden color, not white. When it's white, it means it's almost too late. Just a little wind will blow that crop away. It's almost too late. And I, I want you to know that everybody here in the seats, in the chairs, in the tent, in the open air, in the rocking chairs, in the car lots, here and over there, wherever you're seated, whether who is ever listening, if you're at home, everyone needs to say, I need to do something to get the harvest in of nearly eight billion people. I find here the crowd. I find the compassion. I find the condition that they were fainting and scattered. I find the comprehension. I find the challenge. Verse 38, pray, pray, therefore the Lord of harvest, that he would send forth labors into his harvest. This is not time to quit your class, or quit your bus, or quit driving, or quit tithing, or giving up. It's not time to stop prayer. A thrill on Saturday night. I've never seen it all my ministry like we have it here now. The Spanish ministry has, got a, has a great crowd that are coming to Saturday night men's prayer. We have a tremendous crowd that comes here and scatters over this property. I've never seen it like this. God's men have gotten a hold of this thing. Pray, pray, ye therefore. Pray is to beseech God, a tale to crave, to desire, to beg, to plead, pray. Will you pray, mother and dad, would you don't have to tell your kids you have to go in the ministry? We never did. But I'd pray every day, God, please call Tim. God, please call him to serve you. He could have been a policeman, a fireman, a computer man. I would have been very happy with him, been very pleased with him, as long as he was not rebelling against God. I never told him to be a preacher. I never told him I was praying for him to be a preacher. I just prayed every day, God calls him and called him to be a preacher. And God did. And I'll tell you what, what a joy to get up on a Sunday morning and be able to say, God, as my son, as our son, preaches the word of God, as our sons-in-law teach and preach the word of God, give them power, give them energy, give them passion, give them compassion, give them the desire to preach the word to those that need to hear. Oh, what, a, what an opportunity before us today. The challenge is to pray. These eight billion people need prayer. The laborers that are doing all the work need prayer. And we need to pray that God has sent us more labors. Now tonight in closing the message, the Great Commission. And I want you to continue in chapter 10, verse 1. When he had called unto him 12 disciples. He called. You know the day that God is still calling? I've been praying this week that the invitation time comes tonight that some young man would come forward and say to one of our pastors, pray with me, or one of our deacons, pray with me, or one of our deacons' wives, to young lady, pray with me. I'm surrendering my life to serve God. I don't know what that all means. I don't know if that means you'll be a preacher, young man, but I do know that you're not ready to become a great executive at Apple until first you said, as a young person growing up in church, Lord, 
Here am I, send me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to do. I'll be a doctor, I'll be a lawyer, I'll be this. But first, God, if you want me in the ministry, take my life and use it for thy glory. We'll not be ashamed of you if you become a, a, a doctor. We'll not be ashamed of you if you become a lawyer. I'll help you. I'll always help our kids. Go to Bible college a year. Go to, and if God has something else, I'll do my best to help you get located in a college or a university or something that's gonna help you on that profession. But go to Bible college and learn the Bible. Go to Bible college and say, Lord, I'm open. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. God is still calling today. Hey, if he's calling, I wonder how many surrendered today in America. This is an old statistic from a few years ago. The average age of a missionary on the foreign field is 68. We're having an aging population of missionaries. We need some fresh recruits to come alongside those men that have been preaching, their wives have been serving on the field for 30 and 35 and 40 and 45 years. I think of a man who was our missionary in Argentina. I told you about him before because he became our missionary in the 70s, over 40 years ago. He stayed in the field and to my knowledge only once or twice came home. He came back a few years ago and I recently said this on the radio or here or somewhere. They came inside that building. He took a bus to get to our area. He hadn't really traveled around America for 40 years. But he read about all these large churches in America that one time were great, separated, soul-winning, fiery churches. They said, I read about them on, they'd send me information on the field, but I never thought it'd be as bad as it was. I got to these churches and I saw drummers and I heard rock and roll music and I saw that, that preaching was replaced by sharing. And he said, I saw that singing was songs I didn't even know before. And the worship teams and everything I saw, it broke my heart. And he said, when I got off the bus and came in here, I think he came by Uber if I'm not mistaken. When I came in here, he sat in the church. I didn't know even who he was. I didn't recognize him all the years he'd been on the mission field. When he went to the mission field, he had red hair. Now it was white. He came and sat in the front in the youth section. And he wept through the church and said afterwards, I am so, so. And he introduced himself just a few years ago. Little did I know that he'd get back to the field and die suddenly. He said, Brother Treber, I'm so, so discouraged. He said, go back to see how America has caved. We have over 5,000 plus churches in our church directory that we work with. We send them mailers, we send them information. Thank God for the many men and women, men that are serving God faithfully. But our girls are going through that because the average pastor now stays only two years. We're cleaning up our mailing list. We're going online. One of the secretaries said to me this past week, it's so discouraging because you go online, it's a different pastor. It's a different philosophy. It's a different program. You can see it as you go online. It's not like it used to be in some of these churches. This secretary said, I knew these churches and they've changed so much. Friend, we cannot change. There's a world to reach for Christ and change does not reach the world. We're running out of time. 
there's a call comes ringing o'er the restless wave. Send a light. I wonder in this outside auditorium tonight, who is God calling? The Bible says he called those disciples. He beckoned them. He said, will you come and join me? And he lists their 12 names. I wonder, would there be 12 men that tonight said, Lord, here am I, send me. Here am I. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I see not only did he call them, he commissioned them. Verse one, the latter part, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. To heal all manner of sickness and manner of disease. Notice that commission continues in verse six. He said, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and as ye go, preach, preach. We are commissioned to preach the gospel. We're not commissioned to have parties and play and I'm all for those things that are fun and they're wonderful. We're not commissioned to go to NBA and NFL. And all. I imagine the 49ers are playing tonight just for, heard the foghorn. So they may just got a touchdown or whatever it is that they do over there. I don't know if they even know what they do. But I tell you this, I know what we're supposed to do. God's called us. He's commissioned us. The men of the staff, Friday, we had a big work day. We were up in the trees and lifts, cutting trees and trimming trees. And an army of men and ladies on the inside were washing those buses that got so dirty and filthy with the smoke and the ash. As they washed them, I looked at those beautiful buses that were parked out here before they moved them to another location. And they look so beautiful. They're so clean, they're shiny, ready to go. Brand new, nearly vehicles. My heart just broke because for 211 days they've been sitting idle. Bus worker, it's not a time to quit your bus route. Those little boys and girls are the multitudes. They're fainting. They're scattered. They need this church. The only hope is this church. I find there's a call. I find there's a commission. And I close. There's a council. He counseled them. Don't be going to the ministry thinking about all your properties and investments and 401ks and all that. That's not the priority. And he said, look, verse number nine, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script. On your journey, no two coats or shoes or staves for the workman is worthy of his meat. He said, I'll take care of you. God will take care of you. What an honor to serve God. Miss Trebo will remember it. We had missionaries come by when I was a young boy, even my cousin who went to Brazil as a missionary in 1962. I remember Bill and Kathy, my cousins, coming and going to Brazil, San Paulo, Pablo, Brazil. But we never had a mission conference. And I met a man by the name of Melvin Swanson. And he believed in missions, my father-in-law. In 1971, and I have the brochure in my office that we made 
are two missionaries that came as keynote speakers and they introduced faith promise to us was Dr. George King from Japan. He's passed away. Dr. Mike Pepper. He's a missionary today still in Sierra Leone. I went and saw Brother Pepper in Korea in 1977 and preached from there. I recall those nights. My wife would recall them. Sunday was such a great day. We had those two missionaries and we had a, another one or two. It's just an exciting day. The church choir sang, packed it out Sunday morning in that beautiful old auditorium at Brilliant Baptist Church, just packed the choir out, sang on missions. And that night, every Sunday night, our youth choir, about 60 kids would sing, 65, sometimes 70 kids would sing. And they could just really sing. They'd sing every Sunday night. Those preachers would preach. I was engaged in a few months, going to be married. It was about October, December, I was going to get married. And I'll never forget that I'd leave the music and I'd go down to the front row by the piano and there's a front pew. There was a pretty girl there. Her name was Cindy Swanson. And the pew end was here. And she'd give me about this much room to sit. She was all over me. I mean, she was, she, 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 she just, she just was, she was after me. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, I looked, I had a black book. I pulled it out. I saw all these other girls' names. And then all of a sudden, I had to add her at the bottom of the page. But she moved up to the top real soon, and we were engaged. I'll never forget as we sat there. I'll never forget that next year when we sat again, those same speakers, and we had no food, and you know the story, I won't go into it, on Monday in our house. We had no food on Tuesday, and you know the story. John Calvin, who's with the Lord, he took us out Monday night and Tuesday night for steak after the church service. God stirred my heart about missions. We've always been all those years now, almost 50 years later, involved in missions every week. We pray for missions. We give to missions. What an opportunity. And I owe so much to my father-in-law that taught me all about missions. He had a heart for missions. I, I have a missionary letter. He's one of so many. This missionary has been our missionary for years. He's about my age. He has suffered so much with near-death experience with his health. He's in Israel. And he wrote this week, well, many countries are seeing increases in the number of people infected. In Israel, we are the highest rate per capita in the world right now. The result was devastating. Now the second full lockdown. That means we are not allowed to travel more than about a half a mile from our homes. No schools are open. No churches are open. Outside without a mask is a fine minimum of $150. He goes on and says, our ministry has now undoubtedly stopped for the remainder of the year. I read these missionary letters and I ache. Some need medical attention. They're not able to leave the country. 
I read one of our missionaries letters that he's in this country. He said, I'm 49 years of age. We've been on the mission field all of our adult lives since Bible college. We can't get back in and my health is broken. I need to get back to Russia. I want you to pray. I need to get back to the field where God has called me to be a missionary. He said, I beg you to please pray that my health will get strong. I beg you to pray that our nation will open up. Don't you understand, ladies and gentlemen, there's a world. We support 145 missionaries in about 100 countries. I won't read those countries and I'll not read all the countries. But we don't have a missionary in this place. We don't have a missionary in Albania or Algeria or Angola or Armenia or Austria or Bahrain. And by the way, we have many listeners in Bahrain on the, on the radio and Bangladesh and Belarus and Belgium and Bosnia and Bulgaria and Cameroon and Chile. Our missionary in Chile died after 40 some years on the field. We don't have a missionary in Colombia or in Croatia or in Denmark, or Ecuador, Egypt, Estonia, Ethiopia, Finland, France, Greece, Grenada, Hungary, Indonesia. We don't have a missionary in Jamaica, in Jordan, in Laos, in Lebanon, in Liberia, in Libya, in Luxembourg, Malta, Marshall Islands, Micronesia, Monaco. We don't have a missionary in Morocco or Myanmar, which is the old Burma, Nepal, and the Netherlands, and New Zealand, and Nicaragua, and Norway, and Pakistan, and Paraguay, or Poland, or Portugal, or Rwanda, or St. Lucia, or Samoa, or Serbia, or Sierra Leone, or Singapore, and uh, 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 Slovakia, and the Solomon Islands that was established by Baptist. The predominant religion there is Baptist, but nobody goes or Somalia, or Spain, or Sharakla, or Sudan, or Sweden, or Switzerland, or Togo, or Tonga, or Turkey, or Uruguay, or Zambia, and I've missed all of the Muslim countries of the world, and Iraq, and Iran, and Kuwait, and those countries in Afghanistan that need the gospel. And if we're not careful, we look at our sons, and we look at our daughters, and say, I want you to succeed. Now thank God that you have a desire for your kids to succeed. But what about the fact that we're nearly at the midnight hour and the world is dying and going to hell and we're in COVID lockdown and folks are not getting saved? What about the world that needs the gospel? Young man, why won't you serve God? I'm certain you're afraid like I was so afraid. I knew God couldn't use someone like me. I just knew it. And I wanted to be used, but I just knew I could not. Young man, you're going to have to marry right. Had I not married right, there would not be tonight a North Valley Baptist Church. I can assure you that. Behind a man of God, if I am a man of God, I hope I am, there's a godly lady. And you have, and I'm looking at the site tonight, 
in these open air and the tents and the cars and lights coming on and the beautiful place where a seventh night we have what we have because God raised up, yes, a pastor, but with that pastor, God gave him a wife and you're the benefactors of that with the Christian school and the college and the radio and all the ministry. Friends, we must do something to reach the next generation. Don't say no to God. Mothers and dads, don't say no to God. Don't say no to God, teenager, college student. God can use you. God will use you because he looks for the weak, the base things of this world to confound the mighty. We have a great opportunity. Sometimes I bring this globe to my desk and I just weep. I look at this globe and it's so beautiful and there's Algeria and Libya and Egypt. Wonder who's gonna go. I wonder if you know about William Borden that died at age 24 in Egypt, heir to the great Borden wealth. I wonder who would go to Turkey and Romania. I wonder who's going to go to Germany and Norway and Finland and Sweden and Switzerland. Does that not care? I was in my study tonight. I turned on KNBBC radio. To my knowledge, I don't think I ever met Brother Doug Kalap. He worked for missions in First Baptist Church of Hammond. I believe he was younger than I am and suddenly died a few years back. Brother Martinez, I'd like you to sing what he was singing tonight and he was quoting the words. So send I you to labor unrewarded. The fourth stanza, he was talking the words. So send I you to leave your life's ambition. And tonight, in just a moment before he sings, we'll practice our mask on at social distancing. I wonder if some of the pastors could come and spread out about every six feet. And if God's called you to at least say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Would you have a pastor pray with you, dear young man? If it's a young lady that comes, they'll get their wife to pray with you. But every day God gives me left to live. I want this to be a sending station. I look at the history of this church. I looked at all the preachers' wives that grew up out of our Christian school today. A long list of preachers' girls that were just elementary, junior high, and high school went on to become preachers' wives. I looked at that list of men that became preachers. I saw that son-in-law's name who in elementary came and got saved by the likes to led to Christ. And now he's a preacher of the gospel. I looked at those that went in full-time service I came across. That son-in-law of mine, Brother Federa, 
Oh, I remember when his mom and dad got saved. I remember his aunt and uncle, the Azarellos, got saved. Our church has always been a Sunday station. Why cannot that be the theme again? Pastors, would you come right here in the front of the hay bales as they come? Keep your mask on. I'm trying to do city, county, festivals. I know you're watching. I'm trying to do it all right. We've got to pray. God's people need to pray. Our heads are bowed. Would you come? We have some more pastors here. Brother Reimers, Brother Russ, others, would you come? Help me here. Our heads are bowed, Brother Martinez. So send I you to leave your life's ambition to tie to tear desire self will resign. I want all the music and all the theme in elementary, high school, college chapel. Here, my Lord, send me, send me. I'll go where you want me to go. Who else? No, man, I don't know what God's going to do. But I wonder, second grade boy, would you at least say, Lord, here am I? Maybe he'll have you be a computer programmer or a doctor. But I wonder, I wonder what God wants to do. Keep yourself clean. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself loving God. Read your Bible and pray. Mother and dad, beg God to call your kids. Our Father, I pray that this would be the theme of our college and our school. May we not look at all of our wants and desires and investments in our future and miss the opportunity to go to the world with the gospel. What a privilege. I'm so grateful, God, that you reached out and let me be a preacher of the gospel. My life has gone so fast. God, I'm trying to hang on to every day and season. I pray that keep on going. God, please keep my mind alert, my heart strong. God, may there be one more mighty sweep of people being sent for this place to the multitudes that need Christ. I think of little boys and girls that have no home tonight. Perhaps living in unsaved homes and there's drunkards and who knows what they see on TV in life. God, may we be broken for the children and broken for the single adults and the single mothers and single dads and the widows and the widowers and the feeble and the afflicted and the nursing home and the jails. There are people everywhere. God, may we not get so careless that all we do is complain about our environment and we miss the opportunity 
I pray for the lost. I thank you for the church that in 10 weeks, these dear people will have completed 400 churches in one country, the Philippines, where 400 churches met together today and they have a building because of these people. Thank you for the 145 missionaries that preached the word today, some online, but they preached. Bless our church. God, give us renewed vision. For we ask his prayer in that name which is above every name. The precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.